CKNW's Linda Steele Show now in HD, which means you can listen without static in downtown Vancouver. Hello, Terry Shins. How are you, Linda? I'm good. It's always a happy time of my day to see you in the studio. Oh, how kind of you. You ready for some more Super Tuesday? I am. What do you think is going to happen today? This is another big day south of the border. Yeah, we have a big state in play, and the results are going to start rolling in shortly after 5 o'clock. Michigan, the biggest prize today for the Republicans and the Democrats. Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton will be going after 147 delegates, so Mm -hmm. that's a significant number, and the four Republicans candidates are going after 59 delegates. Of course, Hillary Clinton has a big lead over Bernie Sanders. She has more than 1,100 delegates. He has under 500. He needs... He needs this tonight. It'll be a fun night seeing how it plays out. Well, for sure. And he did a lot better in the last go around than people were expecting. I think he won what? How many? Two? Three? Yeah, he, he did manage to score some victories. So he's he's still in there. But she has, I mean, Hillary Clinton has a commanding lead. If, if she mops up tonight in Michigan, it's going to be really tough for him. To Though, recover. Some of the American pundits I've been following this afternoon saying maybe he has a shot. We'll know soon. The results will start to come rolling back in. And I was kind of under the impression that Trump might be losing just a little bit of steam. I'm seeing there's a new poll out, a national poll of Republican voters showing that Trump does continue to lead, not a surprise, but the margin is tightening now. Uh, There's a smaller field. He's been under a lot of attack. What do you think is going to happen tonight? Well, I think that Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side has a much more comfortable lead Mm -hmm. than Donald Trump does right now. For all the attack Attention Donald Trump is getting from the media. Uh, media, just everything the guy says, we, we pounce on in Canada and in the States. But his lead is not nearly as commanding as Hillary Clinton's is. So this is an important night for him as well. Uh, if if he can do really well in Michigan, I think that will be quite telling uh, because they tend to lean left there. Um, if, if he has a big win tonight, uh, it will be very meaningful for the Trump campaign for sure. Yeah, so this uh, ABC Washington Post poll is showing Trump with 34 percent support, which means that 65 percent of people don't support him. And I know that both he and Cruz are pushing for Rubio to quit, quit little Marco, because they want to get him out because they both feel like they have a better chance of going forward without Rubio. But it's my understanding that the strategy is that all of them stays in because that makes it almost statistically impossible for Trump to get the number of delegates he needs if all of the these candidates stay in the race, which would force a real interesting um, kind convention. Kind of a, a, a logjam scenario there. And mm-hmm. then I guess they see w- how it pans out at, at convention time. Yeah, so I'm not really understood. I don't really get the thing. I thought Rubio was going to do better. He's only got 18% support in the polls, Cruz at 25% support. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to start to see some numbers around five, you think? Yeah, and you know, on the Republican side, uh, it it really is fascinating to watch because there's a civil war going on in that party right now. It's calmed down over the last couple of days. It's been interesting to watch how Donald Trump reacts now that they've all decided to attack him Mm -hmm. because he's a guy, he's a a politician. I don't know in the modern era if we've seen anybody quite like him. (laughs) I don't think so. Where he just fights by his own rules. There's no, there's no decorum. There's no etiquette. There's not a lot of respect. It's just like he says whatever he says. Now that the others have started ganging up on him and dumping on him a little bit, it's like he's staggered 
a ever bit. so slightly. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll see, does does the Trump juggernaut get back in gear tonight or does, does it get even more interesting? Does it mm-hmm. tighten up a little bit tonight? Yeah, exactly. Uh, switching to Canadian politics, sort of, I suppose. Our Prime Minister on International Women's Day made the announcement today that the next series of Canadian banknotes that comes out will feature a Canadian woman. Any picks on who you think that should be? Uh, well, um, <laughs> Nellie McClung. Okay, now she's a little bit controversial too, I seem to recall, but I can't really remember why. I was thinking maybe Emily Carr. That's okay. something someone else pitched yeah. on Twitter, and then they said, wouldn't that banknote look gorgeous yeah. if it was in honor of oh, Emily of Carr? Nellie McClung, uh, her efforts way back when uh, led uh, largely to Manitoba, to women being allowed to vote <clears throat> in Manitoba. Right. So certainly a famous uh, Canadian historical figure. This one may be out of left field, but I actually uh, had the honor of meeting her, uh, uh, Julie Payette, Canadian astronaut. Oh, I was going to say, um, oh, darn it, who's the other astronaut? Dr. Roberta Bondar. Yeah. She should be on there. Yeah, She's so you can kick amazing that woman. You know, I, I would vote for Payload Julie. It was kind of interesting to meet her. She was in Vancouver many years ago when I was on the beat. Um, Canadian who'd been in space, and it was fascinating. She yeah. had on the orange, you know, the suit. The suit? And people went up and just wanted to touch her and be near her. It was like she was a beetle or something. It was fascinating. I'll tell you what, Dr. Roberta Bondar was the most interesting interview I've ever done in 30 years. Really? She is an amazing woman. She's smart. She's insightful. She's multi-skilled. She's a great Canadian. So both two good choices. All right, when we come back, I'm going to talk to Terry about uh, new bridge tolls. Oh, boy, here we go again. That's coming up next. is the Linda Steele Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, now in HD. Details at cknw.com. We're back. Terry Shintz is in the studio. We're talking top stories this afternoon. And one of the stories that caught my eye, and a lot of people talking about it, is talking of tolling the new Patello Bridge. And uh, Jennifer was just flying over it. And in a couple of years, when it's revamped, we'll probably be paying to drive over it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mayors in New Westminster and Surrey and uh, officials at TransLink signing a memorandum of understanding. Basically, that is a a letter that says, going forward, it looks like we want to put a toll on this. Uh, If you know New Westminster, if you ever drive through it or visit it or you live there, you know it has really become congested since the tolls went on the Portman Bridge. I think the vehicle traffic has gone up by something like 20,000 trips a day. Uh, If if you're in New West at all, you know this. You don't need anybody to tell you. You see it. Those streets are backed up a lot. So they want a toll on a new new Patello Bridge. And this is what the New West Mayor, uh, Jonathan Cote, had to say. Actually, an incredible, important first step to get the the bridge replaced, and it, it puts us on a path seeing a new Patella Bridge uh, around uh, 2022 or 2023. So it's not that simple, though. There is a memorandum of agreement between New West, Surrey, and TransLink, but it's sort of hooked to some sort of regional road pricing in all of Metro Vancouver, right? And transit is never simple in Metro no. Vancouver, so we should be used to that by now, I guess. <laughs> 
No kidding, I suppose. So now we wait to see, and we're hearing from the minister responsible for TransLink, or the transportation minister as well, that we actually don't need to go to referendum anymore if we're going to look at a road pricing model. Yeah, same old story. Uh, You know, it it keeps getting kicked back and forth from politician to politician. Uh, I happen to believe that we, I, I fall into that camp, I don't know if it's popular camp or not, toll everything but keep the prices down. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, we've got to go down that road, and it's really the only way that you're going to be able to argue fairness. I I think so. I mean, I I think instead of charging $3.50 or $4 for a specific bridge or two, why not hit everything with $0.50 or $0.75 and find a way once and for all to get these projects paid for? Seems reasonable. Whether it'll ever happen remains to be seen. So on another front, we have the empty housing report going to city council, some almost 11,000 empty homes in Vancouver. Were you surprised? Did you think it was going to be more? I was surprised. I thought it was going to be more. Uh, Most of those properties are condos or townhouses. Mm -hmm. There's been so much chatter and so much discussion of these empty ghost Ghost neighborhoods and, and ghost houses. This report does not support that assumption. Having said that, if you took all of those mostly condos and you put them back into the rental market, they said it would push Vancouver's almost 0% vacancy rate up to around 10%. Mm -hmm. So it could make a huge difference if you could encourage the people who own these things to either sell them so there's more supply out there, bring prices down, or rent them. It's an interesting report, and I I would suggest uh, those interested check it out at cknw.com. It says, really, the problem is not much worse than it was back in 2002. And I was surprised by that. Yeah, me too. So we're also going to be talking about the Airbnb factor. A lot of people who live in condo buildings like mine, people not happy about that. That's taking thousands of suites out of the market. So we'll talk about that after the news. Terry Shins, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Stay tuned for the news. news